As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. Um, I haven't been watching Blizzard because I've been way too busy logging on Every single World of Warcraft character I have, just to get my transmog all straightened out. I'm Matt Rossi, and I'm a transmog addict. Hi, everybody. Uh, with me this week are two just simply magnificent co-hosts. They will destroy you. You you have no chance. Uh, make your peace, because now is time. First up, Ann Stickney. How you doing, Ann? I, I am in the middle of wading through my inventory on my various characters, because I have collected so much stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's like, okay, which one of these did get added and which ones didn't and which ones do I have to save and which ones. Di- and I have, I mean, my bags are full, you know, I think I have like maybe 11 free bag slots if that when this patch went live. So um, I downloaded an add on that was recommended by Night Moogle Russ on Twitter, who's one of the devs, called Can I Mog It? And all it does is it adds like an extra little thing to the tooltip that says whether you've learned something, whether you haven't learned something, whether you can learn something, or whether you've learned it on a different class already, Um, which is making it a little bit easier to sort through the madness, but there's so much of it there that, yeah, it's taking some time. That add-on yeah. seems kind of like obvious it should have been in the game to begin with, considering they did that with Battle Pets now. You know right, but I don't think I'm going to use it beyond, like, once once I have everything cleaned up and cleared out of my inventory, I don't think I'll need it anymore. It's just that initial cleanup. What's weird about it is that I've noticed that even without that add-on, new items drop, they tell me whether or not I know them. Yeah. Like, if I've unlocked an appearance, then basically what happens is if you've unlocked an appearance, the item doesn't say anything. If you haven't unlocked it, the item says, you have not collected this. But the the problem I've run into is I collected all of my salvage yard greens onto one character, mm-hmm. so and it's my death knight. So it'll say, it'll indicate for plate if I mm-hmm. don't have it yet. But if it's like leather, it won't tell me whether or not I have it because the Death Knight can't add it anyway, so I would have to send all of the leather to a leather-wearing character to see if I can use it or not. Right, That's and can I mod it problem. kind of cuts through that stuff. Yeah, which is why I was like, that really should have been baseline. It should have since been. Alex is, since Alex is talking, we'll just introduce him now. Alex Zbart. Yeah, hey, it seemed like we moved on from introductions, and I wasn't included, so I figured I would jump right in. No, it's I, I'm also here. <laughs> yes. 
Sorry. Uh, I do want to say I want to say this though because I was the, when I was working on the Mog thing yesterday. I literally spent six hours doing this. But one of the problems I had is that on the character that was my main since Vanilla, um, he has a weapon collection. I could not get rid of it. I couldn't do it. Like the 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 gear, like the armor and stuff, and trinkets and everything that I wasn't using. Okay, like I kept a lot of trinkets. Bit, I'll be honest there. But okay, I can get rid of that stuff. Like I went through void storage and grabbed all the, all the armor, except for like my original tier one and tier two. I kept those, but everything else, I got rid of, and that was fine. But I couldn't make myself get rid of the weapons. Like I stood there for like five minutes, staring at it, going, "But my weapon collection." Ah! I had so that I, problem with a few specific items, like my paladin. I was like mousing over Quell Serrar, and I was like. No, no way. And no, I put that back. And on my priest, I was mousing over Benediction. Benediction, like, no. Benediction, Benediction went nowhere. Benediction is staying in my bags. Uh, I, I, I literally, like, the thing is, is that when I say I have a weapon collection, uh, people really don't understand just how big my weapon collection is. I have 12 pages of just one-handed swords. 12 pages. If there's a one-handed sword, I probably know it. If I don't know it, it's because I didn't like the model. And I liked a lot of models. Like, there's Lincoln's Sword of Mastery in there. I still have that sword. I didn't know I still had that sword. See, I wouldn't get rid of that sword either. Oh, no way, no. Because it's another one of those ones where it's like, oh, there's a really... There's a few things in my collection where it's like, I can't get rid of this. And one of them, obviously, you know, Anathema, Benediction. I spent so much time getting that back in vanilla and the quest was so cool and I have so many cool memories that I I can't toss that. There's no way I'm going to toss that. Um, and then, uh, oh, the, the helm, the helm off of Ordos. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm hanging on to that. No, you have to pry that off of my cold dead hands. I'm keeping that forever. <laughs> Since he uh, never dropped my shoulders, I don't really know how that feels. <laughs> between, um, other than Quasarar and Benediction, I don't, well, in my legendaries, like Shadowmorn, I didn't get rid of that because... Yeah. They don't go they in don't... the wardrobe, so... Yeah, right. So, and I think, other than that, the only thing I can transmog, but I didn't get rid of, is my priest staff of conjuring. Why? Because uh, it was, like, one of the first, like, strange items I ever got in a while, like, ever. Like, something that's different than just stats. And the staff of conjuring, like, makes pie or whatever. Oh, I remember that! And so back in vanilla, I would log in and make some pie and meet up with like the same guy in my guild every day and just like blind trade him pie. And he would get so pissed off because he didn't want this stupid pie. <laughs> so I was like, I can't get rid of this. If he ever comes back to WoW, I'm giving him some pie. There's a sword um, that you can still get, but I got it a long time ago. Um, it's called Mira's Song. Yeah, I remember that it's one. It's a one-handed sword that I've, I've had forever. Um, I, and... When I was going through my collection, actually considering trying to get rid of stuff, I took Mira's song out of the bank, walked over to a vendor, seriously actually got choked up remembering the dungeon run where I got Mira's song, walked back over and put it back in the collection. This is a sword that looks exactly like the Thrashblade, which I also have. The original Thrashblade, mind you. Um, See, I keep the Thrashblade, too. Yeah, and... (laughs) My hunter realized that my warrior's pack radishness is actually great because I have a lot of bows. I have like bows that the original quest bow that you got for killing uh, Nathanos Maris. I have that. It's in my inventory right now. So my hunter can transmog to it because my warrior has it and he can equip it. I, I do equip it because I'm insane. 
Like I couldn't make myself get rid of any of this. I was like sitting there looking, thank God I could throw them out of my alts. Cause my alt, like my second most played warrior has almost as much stuff as my main. Cause I like transmogging into all of it. So I immediately started farming it all in him. So I, he could transmog to it. So he threw out everything. His void storage is empty. His bank is empty. His inventory is empty. He's a delight to be on because he, he can do things. It's a blank uh, slate. Yeah. yeah. My, my main, my former main who may not, he may never be my main again now because he still has a ton of junk. I couldn't make myself get rid of, but he still does have three empty bags, even with the stuff in the bank. So, yeah, I mean, the, you know, stuff like Quest Rar, uh, I do have like a really deep attachment to that. There's no way I'm ever getting rid of that. Mm-hmm. Ever, but a lot especially of things, if it's like, original Quelsarar. I mean, come on, right? You went, you went through a, a lot to get it. Yeah, uh, it's the original Quelsarar. Yeah. But there's stuff like you know, I had Gorhal. Like, eh, well, it's cool, but it's in my wardrobe now. I don't need this. Or yeah, like Glorenzelg from Ice Crown. Like, yeah, it's really cool, but I don't need this either. I did get rid of a lot of stuff that I really like the appearance of, but it, I don't really care to keep it as long as I have the appearance. Yeah. No, the stuff, the thing is, is the weapon collecting was for me an actual thing I did. Like, I went out of my way to do. Like, I collected specific yeah. weapons that were rare or weird. Like, you know, for instance, I made sure I had Lincoln Sword of Mastery, like back it's in the so, day. It's, it's just, it's kind of weird how we get, like, these emotional attachments to things that don't mm-hmm. actually exist. Yeah, the fact that I basically date Ashkandi on the side. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of strange. That is a little weird. Yeah. I, I freely admit that it's it's one of my strange wow things. Like I I checked by the way, I have eight Eshkandis between various characters. Oh jeez, Rossi. Yeah, I've farmed that sword. The and first the step, is, Rossi, is admitting that you have a problem. <laughs> here's the thing, though. It's not. I don't have it on eight separate characters. I have it on six separate characters because two of my characters have two of them. So it dropped twice for some guys, and they still kept going back. It's like when you have two of them, you can officially Titan script it. You have all the Ashkandis you'll ever need. But apparently that wasn't sufficient. Maybe like you could take one to a smith and like have it bent around you into a belt. <laughs> yeah, it would <laughs> actually like craft a, a set belt, of armor it? made out of nothing but these blades. Yeah, well, that, that would make that would be feasible warrior tier, wouldn't it? They love to have just stuff sticking out of their armor. Yeah. But yeah, wow blades, wow belts are pretty huge. So yeah, Ash Condi would actually work. As long as here's the thing is I don't have the the BWL one at all. I mean, the BWD one. I don't have the the one from Cataclysm. I don't have it on a single character. I don't even know it. And I'm the not new getting one it. sucks. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. It's tiny and has that gigantic chunky handle. Nope, not not taking it. It's the one that looks like a a nerf bat, right? It doesn't look like a nerf bat. It looks like I don't know, but it bad. just doesn't look right. <laughs> new swords always look like they're carved out of foam. This one they still do. has a thin blade, but it it's the handle is just ridiculous. The handle looks like it would weigh fifty five pounds. If you ever picked up a thirty pound dumbbell and just imagine trying to swing it, now imagine two of them welded together and you're trying to swing that around. No, yeah, but at the same time, look at our characters. Yeah, it's true. The para in the chat channel says sweet. the question for me is how are you with things outside games? Is it the same behavior or are you good at giving stuff away? I don't I don't pack rat so much in real life, except for like books. I have a lot of books. But Yeah, I, I, I could be killed easily by my book collection. But we just cleaned up actually and I threw out a bunch of stuff. I threw out like one of my leather jackets and some boots and stuff like that. I don't mind tossing stuff if it's like no no longer useful or I have no particular attachment to it. Like I kept one of my jackets that I've had since like ninety four. 
and it's a jacket that is actually as old as I am. Like mm-hmm. it's from, it was made in 71. I've got an attachment to that jacket. So I kept that, but the one that, you know, had a big hole in it and that I just got, I bought just to have a jacket. Yeah. I tossed that. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way in life as I am in game. I think is that I have a few items with a lot of sentimental value that I will keep no matter what. But other than that, I don't like having stuff around. Um, do you remember when we launched Blizzard Watch? I did like a tour of my office. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in it. Your there was office was so it. boring. And there was a couple, like, I received a couple comments. People were like, your office looks like a serial killer's office. <laughs> I was like, that's terrible. So I've gone out of my way to find stuff to put on my walls that I don't really want there just so I don't look like a serial killer anymore. <laughs> I uh, guess having um, pristine white walls is something serial killers do. I don't know. I, I think it's it's the... It's a stereotype. I don't think it's actually I, the I case. Can't, you know. I can't do white walls. I can't stand white walls. I find them like really sterile and boring and not at all inviting or conducive to creativity. Yeah. When I first so switch then, I've put up like a whiteboard and hung some posters and bought some like toys to put in here to look more the part, I guess. <laughs> but I don't really like having stuff around. Here's, here's what's weird. I'm looking at my office right now, and when I first moved into this office, because it was originally it was my wife's office, but she needed more room, so we switched. I put a Mrs. Pandaria poster up, and then I completely covered it with with bookcases, so you can just barely see Chen's hand. <laughs> just what is that? Oh yeah, it's that Mr. Pandaria poster I put up behind my bookcases. I'm a strange man. We should probably talk about news. I mean, yes, part of should. this has been talking about news because obviously. Big thing is that the patch came out yesterday, yeah. and Alrighty. transmog. Yep. You are right. We should absolutely talk about news. And whilst yesterday's patch day is a big part, we can move on to some other things. Uh, one of the things actually I want to talk about, which is actually part of the patch still, is that WoW finally has got himself a silence penalty, which is big because WoW has not had one for yeah. twelve years. It's a little, it's a little odd. The silence yeah. penalty is because. We were given the impression that they're they're reviewing things before they slap the silence penalty in, like it's not an automated process. Mm-hmm. But some people have been doing some testing and things and have discovered that oh no, it looks very much like it is an automated process. So I don't know, I don't know what's going on with that. But yeah, um, it seems like the same system had in Heroes of the Storm, and there was a suspicion there that even though Heroes insisted. No, it's not automated. Our support team reviews it before you hit with the silence. But if you got silenced a bunch of times all at once, you would be instantly silenced. Like, there's no way somebody could have reviewed that. Uh, Even though they insist up and down, it gets reviewed first. So streamers last night were testing WoW silence. And if you have a bunch of people silence, you know, report you all at once, you do get instantly kicked off and silenced. Um, It's not possible somebody could have reviewed that. So, uh... Yeah, it seems likely that what they have is a system where somebody comes along and reviews it afterwards. Yeah, uh, it just seems it, it just seems to be stretching credulity to tell me that you know a game. I was even well, if, you know. I, the thing that kind of bothered me though was like we were told it was the other way around. If they had told oh, us yeah. from the onset that oh yeah you get you get silenced, but then a GM will go and review it and find out if it's legit or not. Okay, that's that's one thing, but. If it's automatic and then they review it, that's the opposite of what yeah, they were telling us. Oh, yeah, totally. It, I, it's har- I think it's even it's a bit harder to abuse it in Heroes of the Storm because there's, what, uh, 10 total people in a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, in World of Warcraft, if you have, like, 30 people online in your guild and your guild wants to screw somebody over, just silence them. You can do it. You have enough people online. Yeah. 
I don't recommend doing that because it's a dick move and you'll probably get in trouble, but it could be abused very easily that way. It will be abused. I mean, come on. Oh, how yeah. many times have you been in a how many dungeon runs have you have been in where you watched people kick a guy just to let their guildy in or just because they didn't like that guy or whatever? For sure. I've seen that on I've seen that like hundreds of times. I, I mean that's one of the things that soured me on on tanking for pugs was that half the time I'd get in a group with like three guildies and I'd watch them kick the other DPS. Yeah. Um so Yeah, it it's certainly interesting. I, I this is to me I feel like WoW needs the silence penalty, but I don't feel like it I feel like maybe it's, they need to review how they're oh, doing. Oh, they absolutely need it. Absolutely. Yeah, they need yeah. it. And and Just I mean automating it is terrible. Right. Yeah. I have no problem with them implementing that kind of thing because it's something that 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 they definitely needed. It's just the way that they implemented it isn't quite it, it's way too easy to take advantage of that system. And yeah, I don't I I'm, I don't really care for that too much. Particularly, I mean you also had to keep in mind that I play primarily on RP servers, and people get kind of petty and vengeful in places. Yeah. <laughs> I have There's seen a lot that, of drama. Yes. There's a lot of drama out there. And, I mean, it's not... I don't think it's quite as bad as the stuff that you find on PvE servers where people are like, you know, they'll take offense at loot being mishandled or whatever, if there's any kind of slight. But this just... It seems like this system is, like, way too easy to take advantage of. And speaking of RP servers, they've made a change to phasing... Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a bad one. Oh, oh, this change to phasing is killing. Yeah, it's going to kill the RP servers if they don't do something about it. It's ridiculous. I don't ridiculous. know if it's intended or not, if it is intended. They said it was intended. It is, and it's very short-sighted. Yeah. Uh, if there are too many people in an area, like particularly like a capital city, it will automatically split people off and phase them so the, to thin out the crowds. Which means that there's open-world Un- RP events and things like that. Yeah. yeah you're not going to be able to see each other. If you're role-playing in Stormwind with a bunch of friends, and it's like, oh, too many of you are in one spot, it splits you off, you can't see these people anymore. And you, on or you one can't hand... stumble upon them to join in the activity. Right. So it's basically, like, it's, it seems like it's entirely rooted in performance issues. They wanted it's... to make it so they doesn't have to render as many people. Right, which is, which is, I mean, I understand that entirely, and, you know, there's like a silver lining to it in that Goldshire on Moonguard is no longer <laughs> the, the like pit that it was. Because I'm kind of sad about that because it has been like I'm there not. so long. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm okay with it going away. Like, what, like when the red light district of a city gets shut down, you're like, oh, great, finally they cleaned up that mess. But then you're like, wow, that kind of sucks. It was like an institution. <laughs> Those brothels have always been there. What are they going to do now? That brothel's been open since 1848, and they shut it down? Where are they going to... Where are they going to erp? Where will they erp? Can we get it, like, instituted as some kind of historical landmark or something, you know? Yes. Put a plaque in the place. This this is where... um, So many people did so many things that were very, very wrong. Anyway. I I, I remember, because... one of my characters, I have a level 20 character. Okay, we're not going to go any farther into Goldshire, are we? Because really, we have <laughs> standards for our podcast and we kind of need to hold to no, those. No. This, this isn't even remotely related to anything salacious. Okay. I, I when I was like level 20 By character, the way, I was playing on in, it was in Goldshire. Use the word salacious, I just need to point that out. Go ahead. I, I, was, I remember this from like years ago. I still have this character. I haven't bothered to level him. I remember taking him down to Goldshire, and I was doing the various starting quests. It was it's on Sisters of Alone. Yeah. Um. So I was playing the character, and somebody whispered me, and it, we were in Goldshire, and they were like, "Hey, 
hey, can you can you help me? And it's Goldshire, so I thought, oh, God, what do you want? And it turns out he needed help killing some kobolds. <laughs> so I went and killed kobolds. And then, like, the next four hours, me and this guy just ran around doing his quest because he didn't know where anything was. And, and I kept bracing myself. And he had, like, the, it, it was a completely normal WoW experience, but it was in Goldshire. So I was terrified of what might happen. <laughs> and it never did. So for years, people were talking about Goldshire. I thought they were full of it. I thought it was just a myth. Okay, but I see, no you were on Sisters of the Loon, and that's not where it... No, I understand that yeah. now. But at the time, I thought, nah, Goldshire's fine. Then I remember going to Moonguard's Goldshire at one point and thinking, oh. Oh, this is what they were talking is, about. This, okay. Yeah. Yeah, if, if I can be honest, I prefer the weird stuff that goes on at Moonguard goldshire then like my service goldshire where you just go around there and you have 30 people following you spamming duel yeah the like, dude i didn't come here to duel i'm doing my quests and i'm level, weird stuff I'm level the end is like in whispers usually yeah, I, i'm level 13 why is the level like 90 guy challenging me to a duel in goldshire we both know you're gonna win <laughs> what is this to determine Vaiku in the chat channel says that they said that they were apparently fixing this whole phasing thing. Um, I haven't seen any mention of that yet, but Vaiku, if you if you find that, throw the link in the chat channel because I'm interested in seeing that. Basically, what's happening here and the reason why our peers in in particular are upset is that they tend to congregate in major cities. You know, mm-hmm. like and. Part of the fun of RP, you don't just join a guild and start RPing with just them. You're supposed to, like, walk around out in the world, see who you encounter, start conversations. It's part of the whole social thing as far as RP goes. And This is one of the reasons that Park was so missed. Right. When you go into Stormwind, when you go into Stormwind, one of the places where a lot of people usually hang out is, like, the Cathedral District, right? There's always a ton of people out there in the Cathedral District. And with this phasing thing... You're not going to see all of them. You're going to see, like, maybe a handful of them. So it seems like, it, or it felt like anyway, instead of, like, trying to encourage this whole, oh, everybody get together, they're trying to keep everybody isolated again, which, wasn't that the problem with garrisons in the first place? Yeah. Let's turn Stormwind into a thousand garrisons. <laughs> yeah. It, Why would you it definitely do that? A problem. <laughs> all right. Um, also, something that happened this week, it kind of... It happened yesterday at this point, as far as I understand. But um, Overwatch finally has Anna as playable. Yes, she is oh. now. They had her on the PTR for a week, and now she's actually playable in game. And I think Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this week's Tavern Brawl or not Tavern Brawl? Overwatch Brawl doesn't yeah. involve Anna. It's Anna knows best, uh, which I guess is fitting considering uh, Mama Anna. Uh, it's Anna and all of the tanks, so like Diva, Reinhardt, Zarya, Roadhog, that other guy that I forget about. Uh, whoever he is, I don't know. It, <laughs> it, it, so Anna is basically the only healer, healing a bunch of tanks, uh, and potentially DPS, uh, because everybody else is a tank. I mean, some of the tanks have high DPS, so maybe that's not true. But um, I think it's a good place to really practice Anna because the tanks are big targets, and whether you're shooting the enemies to kill them or shooting your friends to heal them, they're pretty big beefy tanks and Anna needs to snipe so it's a good place to really learn how to snipe and shoot your friends to life can I just say that I find Anna a really fascinating character not just from the story standpoint because I love her story and everything but I also love the fact that they decided to make a support sniper 
theoretically yeah. to kind of encourage all of those people who like to play Widowmaker and Hanzo and, you know, just those classes. It's like, here, now you have a sniper that's also a support option. So you know how good you are with Widowmaker? Try going and doing that with Anna and helping him sure. out. I, I, I like that idea. Yeah, I'm you not sure if question. Go ahead. Like, I, I just want to know. Does she automatically switch between pain shooty out and healing when she just targets one of her friends? Yes. Or does she? Okay. If you shoot, like, if you shoot an enemy, it hurts. If you shoot a friend, it heals. It's, it's the same like, thing. This could be really unfortunate. Or even like um, <laughs> her grenade. Uh, you know, she throws a grenade and your friends who are caught in the grenade get healed and enemies who get caught in it get hurt. So it's okay. completely automatic. That's pretty awesome. Okay. Now go on. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I think... I think their intent was to get those sniper players to try playing support. That was, but, Kaplan mentioned it on the developer thing the other day. He mentioned that what they wanted to do was, first off, they wanted to give people another support option because there were only a few support characters. And I mean, Mercy, Lucio, Symmetra, that was about it, really. Um, so they wanted to put another support out there for people to choose from. But also they wanted to kind of encourage people who liked to play those range classes, the sniper classes, that kind of thing, give them an option where they could play support without having to sacrifice the type of gameplay that they enjoyed playing the most. And the problem is I don't think Anna hits that gameplay. She's, she's Sage Time pointed it out in the chat channel, and I, I have the same point to make there. She doesn't have the mobility of the other snipers. Yeah, so she can't get up to any of the sniper nests. She no, because Widowmaker's got the grappling hook, and Hanzo's just like, I'm going to scale a wall or whatever, yeah. you know. It, it's it's not quite the same thing. If they gave her some kind of additional mobility, that might... And if I... Rocket boots! There. Rocket boots! She needs rocket boots. Give her rocket boots. If yeah. I decide to play a sniper, it's probably because I want to try getting some sweet headshots, right? Like, I want to <laughs> Hanzo hitbox somebody right in the face. Uh, Anna, she doesn't have bonus headshot damage, so you can't like take somebody out with a headshot with her. It's just, it, whether you hit them in the little toe or the face, it's the same amount of damage. See, so she, it doesn't have she doesn't have any of those sniper tools that you expect from a sniper. Here's what I'm gonna say: here is she needs is the headshot damage bonus, but only for her heals. That would be tough. <laughs> yes, but that would be hilarious if you've just about killed somebody. Headshot, boom for life. What the heck? So um, I definitely see their intent. They want snipers to try support, but Ana doesn't play like a sniper does in Overwatch. Uh, Not they quite. miss those things you need to be a sniper in Overwatch. Okay, so Vaiku linked in the chat channel, and there is actually a tweet from Blizzard CS that says that the 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 phasing thing is known and it's being worked on. And they said for right now, try being in a raid for the role play, if possible. So it is something that they're working on. That's encouraging. Good. Based on um, Anne's earlier reaction, I'm going to say we're not going to talk about Diablo Season 7 rewards. It's, I mean, Who they're cares? there. You can get That's... a dead unicorn pet. I think that part's pretty cool, but the rest of it is just like, it's the same old, same old. It's the same stuff that they've been offering what before. I, it's even less what of I, the same stuff. What I do, however, want to talk about is the fact that I think an interesting point was made in the article that we wrote, that Liz wrote. Uh, by the way, cool article, Liz. Um, the thing that gets to me is, Diablo has actually had a, a very relatively long content drought for Diablo. It, I'm pretty sure it seems to me that, by all respects, Diablo 3 is dead. Yeah, like people are still playing it because they're having fun with the seasons and stuff like that. But I mean, they don't seem to be developing for it. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing actively going on with it. Which mean, I mean, we'd I mean, already kind of speculated just with the job listings that they're working on a Diablo 4. 
Yeah. I- I'm thinking I think, that's you know, probably the case. Even if if they're not working on an expansion and it doesn't feel like they are, but, but again, we don't know anything. Like no one's come out and said anything. But it just based on like what we've seen in terms of people leaving, people moving to other things, and then them setting up new job listings, it feels like Diablo 4 has to be something that they're at least talking about. They're hiring because... a lot of people under the Diablo category that are for unannounced project. That's all it says is unannounced project. So there's something going on with Diablo right now. Whether yeah. or not it's Diablo 4 or maybe some additional content, don't know. But... Yeah, Diablo hasn't really seen a lot other than... And the thing is, is like the seasons, the seasonal stuff, that's keeping people happy. People are it's, still playing. What, what struck me is uh, you look at anything Blizzard tweets from any of their games. Wow, Hearthstone, you know, even you know, StarCraft, Heroes of the Storm, whatever, Overwatch. You look at the replies to the tweet and they just flood in. Just everybody replying and reacting and retweeting and they're hyped. They tweeted the Season 7 rewards. And I think there was less than 10 replies when I looked at it. And most of them were people going, that's it. So I think the passion is gone. It's just kind of like more of the same stuff. I don't, I, there's, I don't know if there's really much reason to like hype hype. Although, like I said, the pet, the, the little like undead unicorn pet, I think that's pretty cool. But I don't use pets in Diablo because I think they're really ugly in that engine. <laughs> I think yeah. they're really weird. I think it's weird that I'm out there like, slaying the demons and all of this other stuff and meanwhile i've got like this weird little mushy undead dog thing following me around or whatever obviously not designed to be as cutesy as world of warcraft pets is which is no they're just like Like, gross little pets yeah and i'm fine (laughs) with them being gross but like the actual like models in the diablo engine are hideous see here's the thing i when i played on on pc i didn't use the pet but on the console it's almost a requirement why it is because it's harder to get your gold Oh, that pet yeah, will run around. Okay. That pet will run around and just pick up all the gold, and you don't have to worry about it at all. You just get your items, and it's it's a little harder to get your items in on the on the console than it is on PC. It's my one problem with the game on console. I, otherwise, I actually prefer it on console to PC. I like the control scheme, and I like being able to do the roll thing. The roll thing is awesome. I want that, and that's just great. I love it. Kinda, but I'm kind of hoping that we hear more from Diablo. Yeah. I've I definitely feel like they need a Diablo 4. I, 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 miss, I, I miss Diablo hype. I, I've mentioned this in other locations, I think on our like Patreon podcast and maybe somewhere else, but uh, the thing to keep in mind about Diablo is, of all Blizzard's titles, Diablo's the only one without microtransactions. Yeah, pretty much. Blizzard's games can survive for so long because, well, nowadays, like in the current market, because either they have a subscription or they have microtransactions. Diablo has neither. Even yeah. Overwatch, which is like, yeah, we can continue developing and adding stuff for free because we sell you the box. It's not free to play. You have to buy the box. But you can still buy stuff in the game, and I'm sure people have. They're getting more revenue because they're selling these boxes. Diablo mm-hmm. has nothing like this. They're working yeah, Diablo on a, already on sold a, box. They're working on a mobile Lovecraftian version of Pokemon Go. That's what's going on here, guys. So I, I expect <laughs> if we do see Diablo 4, uh, expect there to be some way to pay more for something. Whether it's cosmetic or whatever, I don't know. I expect yeah, honestly, they have the framework. If they wanted to do that, they could do that in Diablo three. Well, yeah, but they haven't. They haven't done it, and it's kind of at the point where it's too late. I mean, their attempt was the auction house, and they killed. The auction, yeah, the auction house didn't work. Uh, but they're definitely like we just talked about like season rewards and how they're all like these 
cosmetic items, transmog items, pets. These are all things you could sell in Diablo. Like one of the things that I, I've noticed playing Diablo is that I have every bloody, crazy, ridiculous artifact weapon imaginable at this point. And I only use about four of them because there's the only ones who fit with my gear. Like there's, there's room here. Diablo came out with the transmog system that was much more flexible than WoW's, and WoW has now basically taken that and run with it. Now Diablo's the one behind. I do wonder if Diablo would be a place they could explore. Um, I'm afraid to say it because StarCraft is doing very poorly so far, like mission packs. Like I would uh, love to see something like that. Speaking of mission packs. Buy new tile sets or actual like story things. Speaking of and mission maybe- packs, before we talk about emails... We should probably mention real quick that the next mission pack for StarCraft is apparently coming out, what, next week? It's been so long since the first one released, I don't even care anymore. Yeah, but I think they just announced that it's going to be like coming out next week or the week after. I can't remember which. It I was... was hyped for the Nova missions, like super hyped. Like I was. It's stoked. been a long time. We a... talked about this before. It's been a long yeah. time since they released one. I played the first bunch of missions it's been like half a year i just don't care anymore there was only three missions in the first one it was like an hour or two of gameplay something like that and i wait half a year for another hour or two of gameplay forget it i don't care starcraft get it together <laughs> i'm sorry i wouldn't I had, mind seeing just, something like that in diablo though i'm particularly upset about it because i was so excited for it but well, yeah because it's nova it, oh yeah it was like starcraft ghost and Gar- ghost never came to fruition so it's like finally we get a taste but it's like oh no it's just them doing the same it's the tiniest little sliver (laughs) that's all it is just the tiniest little sliver at this point we've disappointed alex so we should move on to emails um if you have an email for us please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com it can be about any blizzard game it can be you know lore. it can be you know game mechanics it can be whatever it can be transmog oh please go ahead i love transmog i will talk about it all day or overwatch uh, read... we'll chat about overwatch yeah. or anything really sure. anything so ann's gonna read them for us so take it away ann our first email is from Priestable from Dalaran, who's a Night Elf Shadow Priest. Thank goodness. If you were a rogue, I was going to have some serious questions there. But uh, they say, hello, watchers. I've been listening to the show since you were under the thumb of the malevolent Time Warner Company. And I've been a patron for quite a while. Thanks for all the hard work over the last decade. Thanks, Priestable. I My... don't think they were part of Time Warner anymore. But that's I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Priestbull says, My question is in regards to the leveling in the current state of the game. If you're trying to get a new player into the game, do you think it's wrong for them to boost? Shouldn't they level organically with heirlooms or with recruit a friend for the first time around or just skip to the end and come back later? I know that leveling is inherently broken at this point, and I'm curious if it's actually conducive to learning a class at this point as far as leveling from 1 to 90, 90 to 100. Thanks, Priestbull. Well, I do not in all think that it is a bad idea to let them boost. Yeah, I was going to say, given the fact that the patch that just released yesterday, I have no idea how to play my hunter anymore. Like, we, we've, we've gotten, we're at lo- level 97 on the leveling stream. I have no idea how to play my hunter now. <laughs> yeah, luckily uh, I played a lot of Warlock on beta. Yeah. Yeah, I have a level 100 hunter that I've been playing just to get transmog gear and have fun with. And... Yesterday, my wife, who's been playing a hunter for 12 years, was completely helpless to tell me what to do because she had no idea what to do. Right. And again, playing a hunter for 12 years. She she knows the right? class inside and out. It's so and, changed. Yeah. They, so they boost, took out. Do it. You'll I, be on the yeah. same. You'll be on the same starting point as anybody else right now. 
Plus, I mean, I don't have a moral problem with it. Like the idea of, you know, must they go through all the old content? Here's the problem. Not only is leveling broken, as you pointed out, there's a lot of problems with leveling that need to be fixed and smoothed out. But also, if you want people to, like, want to play the game, they really need to play with other people. And the majority of people right now are at level 100. Yep. That's where the people are. People, in order to learn the game, to like the game, you need to play it. You can't really... If you have you actually gone through the leveling content, like the way people play it, not when you have like four goofballs and, and Alex running stuff. I'm not um, a goofball. I like how you're Alex not, like, is the serious one. You he's pretty not. much are. <laughs> no, he's not. But he, he still is kind of the voice of reason a lot of the time. He's the one like going, no, no, we need to do this now. We need to get this guy. But I mean, like, seriously, when we we run those dungeons, we can run them more or less as a group. But if you don't have four other people then you're basically forced to run them with people who are not interested. Absolute strangers. It's not only they strangers, but they want to get to max level now. Like the very rare is it that you find a group of like four people who are running, you know, say Maradon and want to explore it. These people want to get to the end and be done. They're They're wearing as many heirlooms as they could find. They are, they are focused on experience and getting to the end and getting the glute and getting out that you cannot learn the game that way. Uh, I have this happened. I don't know. I haven't played since the patch, uh, but I was I've been leveling a monk recently, and I know how monk goes because Rossi played one for a while on the leveling stream. Yeah. Uh, So I expect you know it's just gonna be keg smash. But um, there's this moment I queued up for a dungeon. I was the tank, and when I'm tanking, I pay attention. Is my health okay? Is my healer's health mana okay? Are they getting hit? No. And if those things are all fine, I'll just keep going. There was a point where I was just keg smashing my way through, and finally someone's like, hey, can you hang on a minute? And I look back, and my party is nowhere. I check the map, and they're trying to loot things I killed, like, minutes ago. I hadn't had a party with me most of the dungeon. I was just one-shotting <laughs> everything through the mob straight to the with end. With keg smash, yeah. With keg smash. Just keg smash through the whole place until somebody said stop. I looked, and I hadn't had a party for God knows how long. I was just yeah. doing it myself. They didn't kill anything. They were just looting what I left behind me. <laughs> you were like yeah, that was pretty much... Well, I mean, it was like that with when Rossi was playing I the monk. Stopped, that's why I stopped playing the monk. It is totally unbalanced. Well, it was. I have no idea what it's like now. It could have been... The, the, they've changed it so thoroughly that it was just like... It, it's a different class. You've been I doing almost, really good with the Death Knight, though. I've been on my monk for maybe like a minute since the patch, and I noticed the button where I had Keg Smash is a different ability now. So I don't know if it's gone. Yeah. But if it is, yeah, the, the thing is that I switched to Death Knight because I wanted to actually have to work at it. And that's the thing is you can't do that leveling by yourself. People won't let you. And I really do think that that's part of the problem that, you know, and, and that's something that boosts gets you around. It gets you the, it gets you into content where people actually have to take their time. I think the only, never the only argument that I would make towards leveling versus boosting is if you have a friend and you're willing to level with your friend, like create a yeah. new character and Absolutely. from yeah. level one, keep them company, then yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and have them do that. But I mean, if you want them to get to the point where they can play with you at max level, just have them boost. Just have yeah. them boost and explain stuff and, you know, maybe point out the old zones and stuff that are interesting and have them go back and do that stuff for the stories or the loot or whatever. But yeah, there's there's still I'm, a lot of fun to be had if you're like you know my wife and I do this all the time is we'll roll new characters and go quest for a while and that's still a lot of fun you can still have fun you know, doing that. I'm gonna be honest, I don't even think playing with other people is fun at low level anymore. 
me and my girlfriend were looking for something to do together recently. So this is like a few weeks back. We're like, oh, let's roll two low-level characters. We'll just play WoW for an hour a week or whatever, just for, to do something together. Um, most of our first hour playing was sitting in Durotar waiting for respawns. Yeah, okay, that's just like there's just nothing. Like we're like, yeah, we're gonna play. We're gonna go over in a quest. It's like there's no mobs. There's nothing to do. One thing spawned. We killed it instantly. Now we have to wait for another one. It was stupid. So, so, so basically, what you're telling us is that when we switch to leveling a horde on the leveling stream, this is going to be awful, right? It's gonna suck. It's oh gonna boy, suck really, really. So bad. we won't level Enduratar, is what you're saying? Here. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, to be to be fair too, I mean, you know, by the time we get these characters to level 100, it feels like we'll then have to go to level 110. Yeah. We probably will. Yes. I mean, I think I'm the first along, and that's just because I did the garrison like a fiend. Because Alex got me convinced that I had to do the garrison like a fiend. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, we, one day we, I looked up. The I rest of us just didn't 99. care. Yeah, I was like, garrison, garrison, garrison. Okay, you can't hit level 100, because if you do, then you're not going to be able to queue I for stopped, dungeons with us anymore. I stopped, everything. I stopped the second I accidentally clicked over to 199. I was like, okay, this character doesn't get played again. That garrison. <laughs> I, I was doing it because that garrison is how I made all of you guys bags. Yeah. No, I... I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying that's why I was yeah. I was like so focused on it that I looked up and I'm like, oh god, all that mining. I shouldn't have done the mining. Yeah, you can get a significant amount of XP every day just by mining yeah. all that ore. Well, I so have yeah. like a level garrison and I have like you know all that stuff. So Priestable, mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but at least it gives you some insight. I think um, our next email is from Dunk who says, Hi, folks. Is there one amongst you who can help with a warrior question heading into Legion? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Do we have anybody qualified to answer warrior questions here? I don't think so. I don't think so. But he says he wants to be prepared this time. He says, There are two things I'm super excited to do in Legion. One, new PvP progression as Fury. And two, new Mythic Plus modes as protection. So my question, which should be my primary spec artifact and which should be my secondary? It's important to note that I enjoy both specs equally and that I understand I should be able to keep my secondary artifact at around 80% of the power of the primary artifact. Since gear levels and power are supposed to be neutralized in PvP, it seems to me I should main prot and secondary fury. Do you agree? Am I forgetting other variables? Appreciate any thoughts or advice you may have from your experience, your time in beta, and your own preparation for Legion. Bring it on, demons. Don't. Okay. Um, since I feel like I know a little about the class, I mean, a little. Not Alex. Yeah. Uh, I will say this: your your logic is essentially sound. I mean, the artifact does have an extra power that still gets usable in PvP. It's not just that it's a strong artifact. Also, your artifact gives you like the equivalent of old talents. The traits. Um, the traits the artifact has are effectively like old school talents that you don't really you can pick and then they're there and that's these are things to keep in mind but um from basically the last time i i got to play on the beta um when i got up to about 105 and i'm I'm actually doing three artifacts at once and they're all relatively decently progressed um my my arms my arms artifact is the best my my fury artifact is second best and my prod artifact is eh, when i feel like it but I would say that your logic, if if tanking is what you want to do in PvE, and you want you want to go Fury for PvP, your logic is basically sound. I would definitely work on the tanking stuff first. I don't think you 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 want to do what I did and try and get all three artifacts going. That's that's just kind of a pain in the butt. It's kind of insanity. Uh, once once you have three artifacts rolling, you're basically every time you get an artifact artifact power, you know anything that grants artifact power, the way it works is it doesn't do anything until you use it. And once you use it, it applies it to the artifact you have equipped. 
like it, in which you can only have equipped if it's your spec. You can't use the arms artifact if you're Fury. You can't use the prot one if your arms can't. No, they only work when you're in that spec. So it goes right to that artifact. And even if you take the artifact off for some reason, it still goes right to that artifact. That's where the power goes. So essentially, you'll end up a lot of the time, if you if you don't switch specs to apply the artifact power, you'll end up with most of it going to the artifact you're using most of the time anyway. It's just how it goes. Um, for a warrior, based on your on your what you're saying your priorities are, uh, I would go and I would I would go prop first, and then I would go fury. I will say this though. Uh, Fury's a lot of fun and it has a lot of powerful stuff, but it is it is the bottom of the warrior class for any kind of self healing. It, it doesn't. It has one ability you can use every three minutes, and Bloodthirst does give you a heal and more of a heal than on live than not, well not on live anymore. Now it's it is currently live, but more of a heal than it did. But it's still not really gonna. I hope you're not counting on it saving you. Its survival is relatively low. You need to do damage with Fury. You need to kill stuff fast. So. If you're comfortable with that, then go with it. Um, the last time I've been truly aware of PvP was probably Burning Crusade. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's not true anymore, but back then it was. Isn't ARMS kind of the de facto PvP spec? They've With the new system, I think Fury is a good way to go, honestly. Okay. Uh, it just comes down to, can you do enough damage? It really does. And with, the, with, the, uh, with gear neutralized as a factor, like gear provides a very slight bump. Like if you have like the higher your eye level is, the more of a bump, but it's still not a it's not a big bump. Uh, both Fury and Arms have stuff that will work for them. I do think Arms is going to be the more popular PvP spec because it has Victory Rush. It's got um, it's got Second Wind, which you basically means if you, if you're not getting hit for five seconds, you start healing like a fiend. Second Wind, which is the Arms, it's an Arms talent. When you have the current Second Wind, it, it doesn't do anything if you're in a in a raid or a dungeon where you're getting continuously damaged. But I've when we were doing the dungeons, I would often just run away if we were getting hit, like really yeah. destroyed. And then I'd heal back up to full. Liz never had to touch me. Like everybody else would be like, I remember we were doing the, which is one of the boat with uh, Helia in it. Uh, Hell? Yeah, the Helheim or whatever. Helheim. Yeah. The dungeon. Helheim. Yeah. When we, were, when we were doing that dungeon, everybody else was dying when we were trying the final fight. And it would always end up being me and Alex at the end because Alex was the tank. And because I had second wind, I would heal back up to full because she'd, you know, the damage doesn't come continuously; it comes in bursts. So did they do that one on my warlock? No, you switched. You were on your oh, paladin. Yeah. yeah, you were tanking. I never played a paladin beta, so I wasn't no, on my you paladin. You were tanking. You were on the warrior. You warrior. were. Oh, you were okay. on the warrior. I don't know. Yeah. One of those classes that wears plate that I'm not interested well, in. Well, I did play a paladin <laughs> beta, but never had a stream. Like I did some questing with it. Yeah, no, it's it's so uh, my my advice to you is to consider arms for PvP. But if you want to go Fury, just get comfortable with the I do a ton of damage and then die because that's been Warriors in PvP forever. That's been what we've done since, you know, before Burning Crusade. Warriors were the run in, do a lot of damage. And then eventually everyone's like, oh, God, that guy's doing a lot of damage and they kill him. That's going to be you. If you're OK with that, then your plan is perfectly sound. Okay, so next question. Um, the next email actually has two quick questions, so we'll just do them one at a time here. And they're from Dragon from Scenarian Circle, who says, Hi guys, enjoyed your podcast a lot and consider them essential because WoW lore seems infinitely in need of explaining. 
Yeah, that's about right. Um, He says, two quick questions for you. First one, you had mentioned recently that rogues were considered non-magical in their practices, but it seems to me that subtlety spec in Legion is a melee shadow priest. Shadowy dot damage, shadowy form, shadowy knives, etc. Is this based on any characters from the lore? Um, No, it's not. And I think it's a it's a common like rogue slash thief. Like if you had to take like a thief or a rogue and kind of like turn them into a hero class, you would just give them shadowy stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, one of my kind of like the ninjas. One of my favorite ninja spec. We have a pirate spec. They're the ninja spec. One of my favorite characters that kind of uses that motif of like the shadow magic agile character kind of thing is vamp from metal gear solid yeah when he could literally pin your shadow to the ground with a knife and you couldn't move it was awesome and that's just it's more cool gameplay stuff than it is actually like lore type things rogues are not they're not shadow priests they're not melee shadow priests they don't really what it kind of reminds me of night elf wardens a little bit a little bit like you know the way that they can kind of like shadowy size themselves and do like you know you know weird Meld stuff like into that the shadows and blah 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 yeah. yeah but it's yeah it's definitely it's it's still not really considered that they're being magic so much as they know like tricks but the tricks are really weird so it's cool gameplay they know they know some really really cool tricks that have nothing to do with old gods or void magic uh second question says secondly death knights seem to tie together lots of different types of magical damage and i've been trying to understand blizzard's thought process for when they were envisioning the class how does it all fit into the various magical schools is it the same frost that shamans and mages use or what other examples of unholy or blood magic would there be okay thanks again keep up the great work dragon death knight well for you know, for blood magic, I mean, we saw some blood magic when you were doing Pandaria. It's all kind of um, an iteration of necromancy, isn't it? Like necromantic it magic. The, the thing with the blood, the, the way Death Knights do blood magic is basically it's just tapping into the power of their own blood or the blood of the things they're killing. And essentially, that's the big thing is you're killing things and their blood's everywhere. That's really mostly what it is. Or it's magic that does horrible necrotizing things to blood, like blood boil. When you're literally killing a person by making their blood explode. Ew. Yeah, it's pretty nasty if you actually think about it. Unholy is absolutely terrible if you think about it. It's all Um, plagues and diseases. It's not just that it's all plagues. There's a major, like currently right now, Unholy has a strike that makes boils explode when they hit you. Yeah. They give you boils and then they make them pop. I mean, they, ugh, I I actually can't get comfortable <laughs> playing unholy. Like I get grossed out. Yeah. Uh, frost and in terms of frost, it's definitely not. It's frost, but it's more philosophical, like the icy chill of death thing. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the icy embrace of death itself. Lichting like, ice crown. That kind I guess of I'm always gonna be the guy who takes this position, but I don't think what classes can do is necessarily tied to what is happening in the writer's room. No, it's you like know, they're, they're cool abilities. And like the class designers and go, well, how do I fit this into the, the magic schools? It's according to world of Warcraft Chronicle volume one. It's like, this would be really cool if they shot lasers out of their eyes and everybody yeah. else goes, yeah, that would be cool. And then you do it. And then the people at home, you're not supposed to go, well, how, wh- what school of magic shoots lasers out of your eyes? It doesn't. You just shoot lasers out of your eyes. Come on. Well, in the and case then you of tap Knights, your space it, bar all... twice and you jump extra high. That's just in the, the thing. <laughs> Death, Death Knights are just using necromancy to ver- to power various effects. It's all based on the fact that they're dead. You know, they're you a are cold dead. Corpse. There's your frost. Yeah. 
<laughs> you're a dead person wandering around inside your body, unable to enjoy life and constantly having to either suffer or inflict pain to get to, to, to keep going. That's that's your life. I'm not going to sit there and tell them, you know, oh, wait, ho, 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 hold on a minute. What's with the cold thing? Are you are you a mage now? Is that a frost mage thing? Because because he'll be busy strangling me with like unholy power. And so I can't talk and pulling me up off the ground with it. He's force so, choking you. Yeah. Only this is Warcraft, not Star Wars. Yeah. So just it, it, it's just go with it. They can do these things. But in terms of it, like, yeah, it's it's a, it's not trying to be the same kind of magic. It, it, in fact, if you play a frost death knight, it's very different than playing a frost mage. They are not. They're not even close. It does not feel at all the same. No, two very, very, very different things. Thanks for the questions, Dragon. Uh, next email is from Erska, an undead warlock, who says, Dear Blizzard Watch, I have two questions. The first being a lore one after reading Chronicles and now knowing the story behind Ironania and Arcadus. Why did we kill them in Oldemon? We should answer that one first. Because that's what we do. Because we didn't know anything about what was going on with them or anything hey, like that. Hey, I, I walked in there and she just came out. I, I put a stick in a little model city and, and she, she just came out and started hitting me in the she face. She came man. out and she was real mad. And since she, she was real did, mad at us, we had to take care of her. She did not want you playing with her Legos. Mm-mm. They are yeah. hers. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, and I found them completely covered in trogs, man. It's not like it was Titan stuff everywhere. It was a bunch of naked, hairy monkey people screaming at me. The, and I was the moral like, of Oldemon is don't mess with the Titan pillow forts. Because apparently yeah. that's a bad idea. So, so you know, I got by that. I, I, I was like, okay, big crazy lady tried to kill me, but I'll, I'll keep exploring because it's cool. I like this place. It's really nice. I'd like to meet the people who made it. And I get to, like, the end of it, and I'm like, hey, a pillar. I can click on this. Guys, let's go click on this table thing. And we all clicked on it because it was clickable. And you, you, you see a clickable thing, you click on it, and this big stone dude starts punching me in the face again. There wasn't, like, a sign that said, do not click or anything. No, No, there were no warning signs or anything. Like, there wasn't anything in there that said, hey, maybe you don't want to walk in this room and touch things. There was nothing there that said anything like that. No. No no warning plaques. No. Nothing. No security wandering around. I cleared out all those trogs, and, and, and what did I get for my trouble is punched in the face repeatedly. Quite frankly, they were rude. They were quite rude. We killed them because they were very rude. Also, we didn't know any better, really. And and he had a two-handed sword. I really wanted. and it's kind of cool that we didn't know any bit better back then. It's sort of like uh, in Wrath. One of the better parts of Wrath. One of the things I enjoyed about Wrath was that we went and we hunted down and we kicked Loken's butt because Loken was a bad guy, right? And then we discovered that that was a terrible idea in Old War. <laughs> Yeah. But we still didn't know why or what had gone on there. And Chronicles, you know, kind of explained that situation even further. Um, but you don't need to read Chronicles to understand what's going on. And it's kind of nice going into things like this blind. Back in Vanilla, we were blind. We had no idea what was going on. We had no idea what we were doing. Um when Oldemon was <laughs> when Oldemon was over with, one of my favorite parts of of doing Oldemon was getting the uh, discs, and you took the discs all the way down to where Oldem was at. Only there wasn't any Oldem at the time; it was just a closed off thing. And there was a dude down there who'd tell you this big long story about what was going on and the history of the Trogs and the Dwarves and all that. And I thought that was great, um, despite the travel time. Because not only did you have to go to another continent, you had to go to the southern tip of that continent. 
<laughs> and there was nothing there. It was it was literally the middle. There was of nowhere. nothing. There was a bunch of angry tree things. <laughs> and, and giant. There were angry giants you had to look out for. Yeah, giants. That's what it was. A bunch of angry stone giants, and you just kind of had to avoid those to go listen to the other guy. But um, long story short, we didn't know any better. That's why we killed him. Um, and their second question says, the second, a few episodes ago, one of you brought up an idea of making a new guild for Legion for you all to play together. Is that still something you plan to do? Or like making it a guild for podcasts that listeners can join? Urska, Undead Warlock. Um, I don't think we've really talked about that any further because we've been very busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a nice idea, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. You know, who knows how much we'll play. Yeah. Um. There's a community guild run by people who hang out in the queue called Of the Queue on Nothing Wary. If you're looking for people to play for, uh, maybe them. Um, personally, I like to have at least a little bit of division between what I do for work and what I do for leisure. And I kind of feel like maybe this is just me. I kind of feel like if I'm in a guild with like lots of people from the site, I'll just kind of have to be working even when I'm playing. Um, and I kind of want to avoid that a little bit, personally. There's... I like hanging out with people, but there has to be a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go be by myself for a while. Yeah. Or just be with just my friends for a while. Makes sense. There's no, a point I feel kind of the same be... way where it's yeah. like, you know, if I'm going to just dink around and wow for a while, I just want to dink around and wow. I don't want to talk about anything yeah. else. I don't, I don't really want to be in a situation where I'm like, finally, I'm done working. I'm going to go play a little WoW, and I sign on, and somebody in the guild at like 1030 at night asks me a Blizzard Watch question. I would probably jump out a window. <laughs> are you are you on the first floor? Yeah, I am. Okay, all right. So it wouldn't, so it's not too dangerous it wouldn't be here. very far full. Well, I mean, <laughs> for years I didn't even tell like I didn't tell people I was gilded with, and I didn't tell people like I didn't ever like let any pictures of my characters go up like except like one or two that I made sure the names weren't in, in and I didn't tell anybody that I was like on the site or working for uh, you know anything like that. Um, to the point where people would actually like read my own columns to me and tell me to do that. And I'd be like, okay, that sounds reasonable. And just would play off like I hadn't, it hadn't written been me who wrote it. Because I, I, cause I get that, you know, there's times you're just playing a game. That's yeah. all you want to do is play the game. You know, I, I, I do love talking about it. I'll talk about it with people all you want. I'll write, obviously we write columns about it and all that. But there is a point in time where you just want to sit there and, okay, I'm going to go do something stupid just because I can. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, I still think it might be fun if like, some of our staff got together and hung out together. Like, that would be really cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's my concern about being in a community guild. Like, I think everybody's really awesome, and I think at this point people don't like characters. So if they wanted to come bother me, they could. Please don't. But um, I, I do want the ability to be like, okay, this is my hour. <laughs> Nobody's going to bother me for the next hour or two. And um, if I was in a community guild, I don't think I could have that. I think we've got time for one more question. Sure. So we're going to wrap it up with a question from Gorquen, who says, Greetings, Watchers. As I understand it, it's the same generation of Rykul that started birthing runty aberrations as was put into hibernation, which means it's the same Rykul that we fight in Northrend. My question is, do they know that the humans are their descendants? Do they realize that the Lich King they've chosen to follow is sort of the very thing they tried so hard to stamp out? Thanks, Gorquen. There's no real indication of that, I don't think. They probably just think, what are these little people? <laughs> Who are these small things? Kill Keep small mind, that's, thing. That's only the guys, the Dragonflare clan. That the guys who are underneath. Um, yeah. Oh God, I can't remember his name. The guy you fight in a uh, Guard Pinnacle. King Yimron. 
Yeah, thank you, King Imran. That's only his group. Like that, we in Legion, we've run into more of Reichel, and they definitely seem. They don't necessarily know any more about the human thing, but they definitely seem to not have been frozen for a long period of time. They, no. They've got their own traditions and their own stuff going on. But yeah, I definitely don't think that the Reichel actually look at humans and go, hey, it's smaller Rosses. I didn't like, what are these runty things? I, I don't think they com- they connect the two. Runty I mean, they might sticks and swords and they poke us and it's very annoying. I still want playable Reichel. Yeah. I think actually, if you did the warrior um, artifact thing, you, you actually start to like them because there's two in particular that are really cool. Um, uh, a male and a female very cool that, that accompany you. They basically become your first gar- like class order hall followers and they're really cool. I like them. Cool. And th- they do make you like, I, I they give you a different view of the very cool than just the ones who are screaming at you all the time, you know, about being weak. Uh, they like, you know, Hey, small person, you want to fight alongside us? Well, you're small, but you fight really well. And that's all we really care about. So, you're real good at that punching things thing. I like the way you stab. <laughs> Most of my characters are humans, but if they're playable Vrykul, uh, I would probably have mostly Vrykul. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. I like them a lot. Vrykul, Vrykul have nice models, too, uh, especially the female model. And, and currently, they've changed it a little bit, and it's work, it works really well. Yeah. Well, that wraps us up for emails. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi. Thank you guys very much for listening and sending emails and everything. If you want to send an email to us, remember it's podcast at blizzardwatch.com. And, you know, they are a lot of what we do here. So we really appreciate them. Thanks you guys very much. And we will be here next week. 